Community Church, as we continue on in the series we're doing called Staying Present in the Presence. Um, this series we picked up with right after we finished a really long series we did on developing a disciple's heart, where we talked about the importance of getting connected to God and what that looks like. Uh, in this series, we're, we're talking about how to stay sort of in that connection throughout the days in the, in the day-to-day of our lives. As we, as we move through our lives, as we encounter people, we're looking at the Gospel of Luke uh, as our foundation for this series, um, and we're, we're looking at Jesus as he encounters people and situations. Jesus is our model for life and ministry. Um, Luke, in his gospel, really portrays the humanity of Jesus very well. We know that Jesus is fully God and fully man, but, but Luke's point of view often points to Jesus' humanity in that process. And so uh, in Luke, we see Jesus withdrawing a lot and praying and getting connected to the Father before he goes and he moves into the ministry um, with uh, the Holy Spirit and all the things that are happening. So we can learn from what that looks like about staying present in the presence of God. Um, We've been working through, we hit Luke 6, uh, like three weeks ago now, four weeks ago, and in Luke chapter 6, Luke uh, does a short account of the Beatitudes. But to me, uh, in in processing this, the Beatitudes are so important in uh, staying present in the presence that we're, we're taking some time to sort of do a sub-series on the Beatitudes. And, and because Matthew's account's a little more detailed, we, we're, we're hanging in Luke. Put a comma in Luke. Or maybe it's a semicolon. I don't know. Somebody, maybe even a colon. It doesn't really matter. Put one there. And, and now we're in Matthew 5 for a little bit. And we're running through the Beatitudes together in this process. Uh, we've talked about Matthew 5.3 and we called that one the attitude of humility. We looked at Matthew 5.4, I called that the attitude of reality. We looked at Matthew 5.5 5 last week, I called that the attitude of gentleness. Today we're going to look at Matthew 5.6 together in just a moment, but uh, most of you know at this point after the preamble I like to put in a little break and uh, give you a really bad joke before I press in to something else. And I actually have um, one of my favorites for you guys tonight, and it's, a, uh, it's audience participation, so I'm going to need your help with this. It's actually a knock-knock joke. It's one of my favorites, okay? You guys all ready? All right, so okay, here we go. I want you guys to start it. Knock-knock. Who's there? <laughs> Some of them haven't got it yet. It's a classic joke. Do you get it yet, anyone? You started it. It doesn't make sense if you start it. <sighs> wow. <laughs> okay, I guess, I guess. I don't know, Randy, I thought that was my, it's one of my favorites, man. I put the scripture reading here on purpose. Thank you, Jesus. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that's our scripture verse. 
Oh, I got more. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, if anything is excellent or uh, praiseworthy, think about such things. There you go. That's our scripture reading today. I want you to hold on to that uh, in your mind as we look at Matthew 5, 6 together. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Uh, So we've got the attitude of humility, the attitude of reality, the attitude of gentleness. We're going to call this one the attitude of living by doing the next right thing. If you've been coming here for any length of time, you've heard that, you've heard it over and over again, and you'll continue to hear it because I think it's one of the best things that we can get a hold of to understand what this life looks like, living by doing the next right thing thing. That idea of righteousness that we read in Matthew 5, 6 is about that. Rightness, the right thing. The underlying motivation for this type of living is a hunger and thirst for God and his righteousness, doing the right thing, doing it his way. It's also the way that we really experience life or are filled or satisfied, which is what that word filled means. So I want to talk again about this idea of living by trying to do the next right thing and what that looks like uh, in our lives and, and how it ties into staying present in the presence of God. So as we begin to experience this real life that we find in Christ, the, the full and abundant life that we've been talking about, and as we um, now put into uh, perspective the Beatitudes that we've talked about, it all starts with humility and that we need God, we can't do it without him. Then the reality comes that the, the world's broken, it's a mess, my sin helped cause it to be such a mess, and, and it'll never be right this side of heaven, but, but I can find life, um, thanks to Christ, in, in what he's done at the cross, so that there is a life for me. It's, it's never gonna be the way I try and make it, or I'm trying to fix everything, The reality is it's broken and I long for heaven, but I can trust in God in this life now and forever. And then the gentleness comes, having dealt with that, I realize it's not all about me. I don't have to be going, going, going all the time and and pushing my own agenda all the time. I can begin to relax and trust in him and the gentleness then should flow through me, which impacts the world around us. Well... As these begin to settle in, then our picture of who God is um, should begin to change and we should see and understand that we can really trust him. Even though things are broken, even though things never go the way we want, that there's a bigger picture and that we can trust God. And he's not out to get us, he's not some big meanie in the sky who's waiting to pounce on you every time you mess up, that's not who God is. And if that's your picture of God, we've talked about that, we need to adjust it because it's not who God is, He's, he's just not like that. He's a loving father. He wants to bless you. He wants to see you prosper. And you need to know that when you do mess up, you can always go running back to him. Always, always, always go running back to God, no matter what. And he will always be like that. And and he does that on purpose, because if you ever thought that he wouldn't be like that, you wouldn't run back to him. So he's always like that. You mess up, you're, you're not trying to mess up, you're trying to do the next right thing as we've talked about, but, but sometimes we've talked about this because we're still broken, we'll do things we shouldn't. And when we do, when we, when we get it, when we realize, we just stop and we turn 
and we run back to our Heavenly Father. And, and your picture needs to be of a God who's waiting for you, who grabs you in his arms, and who loves you with this amazing, unfailing love. And he just holds on to you, and he loves you. And you go, oh, I blew it so bad. And he goes, I love you so much. Now I want you to go back. And I want you to do the next right thing, and my spirit will be with you. And go. And live this life out. And we go. And we, we do the next right thing, and we do the next right thing, and we try and build on that, but we'll mess up again. And we go running back. And you know, I, I've told you this. I, I don't know anybody that has this perfected yet. Um, my hope is every day I do a little better than yesterday. And that's how I start every day. Lord, I hope I do better today than yesterday. And some days I do. And some days I don't. Some days I, I can't get three minutes into the day without messing up major. My attitude's not right. Or I get sarcastic or I'm short or I'm very self-centered. And, and that could be something that happens. Like, oh... And some days are better. But it's a process that we live through. And so we're learning that we can trust him, that he's faithful, that he's good. And, and hopefully we're learning too that, that, you know, whenever we do disagree with him or when the culture disagrees with him, we understand that his way is always the right way. Proverbs 3, 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So we can't figure all this mess out. Things are broken. It's just the way it is. But we can trust him. He's got us now and forever. I also want you to know as we we think about this, that um, as part of his story, all of us are a part of his story, um, we all have an end point or a a destiny in our lives that God has established for us. Um, You guys know that that have been walking with the Lord, there there is an end to the story. You can read about it in the book of Revelation. But what I want to make sure you understand in this whole concept is that there are an infinite um, number of choices that you can make and God can still get you where he needs to get you. Because otherwise, two things happen. Sometimes we start to think that when we've messed up really bad, now we're just so messed up we can never get to where we were supposed to be and it's all sort of over. That's not true. The other thing that sometimes happens if you get this not thought about well is you start wondering why you need to pray. If, so, if things are going to go this way anyway, why is it that I need to pray? And the reality is that God tells us to pray. Jesus taught us to pray. Prayers make a huge difference in the world. The kingdom breaks through at times. And, and uh, if, if nothing less than we were taught to pray, you should pray. But prayer makes a difference. Sometimes prayer just changes you, which is cool. Sometimes it changes circumstances. God does through your prayer. But nonetheless, we're supposed to pray. And so what I, what I want you to know is that God's not limited to just one set of circumstances to get you to the end of the story that he has for you. God doesn't micromanage. God is so beyond that that he can use whatever circumstances we end up bringing to him to still get everything accomplished that needs to get accomplished. And I don't know if everybody thinks about it that way. Because see, if we had a, a, an end point to get to, we would think there was only you know, a small number of ways to actually get there. But God isn't limited like that. So, so when we mess up, he still can work with us. And, and we can still end up in the will of God. We can still keep moving back to it. That's why we have to know that we have hope in him and we can trust in him to do that. Um, I've used the illustration before. It's like a Garmin. How many of you have a Garmin? Do you ever not listen to your Garmin? What does it say? Recalculating. 
So, <laughs> I just was doing some driving. I heard that a lot. Sometimes I'll hear it three or four times in a row, which is really frustrating because the, the, the Garmin person is getting really mad at me. Recalculating. Why don't you listen? I know it wants to say that. I told you to turn. Recalculating. Sometimes we mess up and, and it's no big deal. We can still get where we need to go. We just, there's a little recalculation that happens and we get a new set of circumstances we walk in. So we're trying to live though by doing the next right thing and as we do, we experience his will for our lives so that when we mess up, we can still get back on track. I want you to know that and uh, that he loves you and, and puts you back on track, recalculates and you get a whole new set of circumstances to move into. Having said all that, I want to talk about some practical stuff that's what we're trying to do in walking this out together. Just a few quick points about uh, helping us choose um, to make good decisions, making the, the right choices, righteousness, um, so we can find life. And, and uh, in life, we'll have opportunities to make the right choice and to make the wrong choice. The wrong choice, we usually kind of call those things temptations. Those will pop up um, throughout the day and you'll have opportunities to either choose to do right or do wrong. So what do we do? 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. God always provides a way out. So when the choice is there, even though you, he's always going to make a way out for you, and that's the next right thing. But here's three points from that verse that I think help it get right down to what it looks like. First point is this. When you are tempted. Point number one in your bulletins. When you are tempted. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Here's what I'd like you to think about this week. The verse says, when you are tempted, uh, I, I like you to think of it this way. When are you tempted? What are the things and the, the events in your life that, that happen that cause you sort of um, more often than you would like to make poor choices? What, what's the pattern that happens that sometimes causes you to not do the next right Thing. And so you ask yourself questions like this. Well, when am I most tempted? Is there, is there some sort of pattern that I can see happening there? What is it that I'm doing when I'm starting to feel very tempted? Um, where am I when I might feel that way? Who am I with might be something that sets it off. What is it that is most tempting to me? And here's a big one. How do I feel right before I'm tempted, particularly, how do I feel right before I give in? Because I think you can identify the feeling, and if you can identify it, when it's happening, you can get it stopped there. God will meet you there. Every, every phase of the way, God will meet you. But it's, it's our part is kind of figuring that out. Remember, we talked just a few weeks ago that the evil one, he's always trying to trick us with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. And so I've had you already thinking about that. Now start thinking about, how do I feel right before I choose to go in a direction I'd rather not go. Because I'm, I'm confident you, you'll be able to identify it and it'll be a tool that you can use to help you to make better decisions in the future. Once you get sort of a, a habit, uh, a, uh, an idea, uh, a handle on the pattern of your vulnerability, then you can see more clearly the second thing that happens. Point number two is that God always provides a way out. He will provide a way out. Always, always, 
always. He never left you alone. There was always a way out, all the way along, whatever you were feeling, until you chose to go in the absolute wrong direction, he was always there and would meet you up until that last, he's always there. And then when you do mess up, he's still there, but we were trying to get better at this whole process. So when you've identified that feeling, and, and you can honestly say, mm, I'm, I'm very likely here about to make a bad choice. It's pretty, I've always have in the past. Here we are again. Everything is right where it needs to be. Um, there's a prayer that I've taught you, and, and it's the temptation prayer. You may want to write this down. If you've forgotten it, write it down. It's the, one of the best prayers I will ever teach you. Here it is. Help! I'm completely serious. One of the most powerful prayers you will ever pray when you're feeling that way is that. Simple. Help! And here's why. Um, He helps us. Jesus responds to that prayer. Look at this, Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. We have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Help. Come on, I'll help you. He'll meet you right there every time. And he'll help you make, he'll empower you. The Spirit of God will empower you to choose rightly. And the more often you do it, the easier that one gets. And, and you know, we, we talk about this in life. Um, we're in this process of being sanctified uh, as we cooperate with the Spirit. We're being changed. And, and so it should be that things that used to really get you in trouble don't any longer because you've grown through them. Um, but then new things pop up. At least they do with me. I'll have some success in some areas. And then all of a sudden there's a new one that he hadn't been messing with before. Now it's like, well, you're doing good on that. Here you go. And there's a new area to work on. And I've got to go help. And he does. And he's good that way. Third thing you need to know. You can stand up to under it. When you're feeling tempted, the most important thing to do is pray, help, and then change your focus. Change your focus. You need to think about something differently. Something different. See, where we end up in trouble is we sometimes think that, that our willpower alone can help us move in the, in the right direction. But you don't have that much willpower. None of you do. You just don't. You're going to cave in. It doesn't work. I can't do it. Um, uh, the reality in that is this. Uh, in, in, with regard to temptation, basically resistance is futile. It's like one of the movies. Resistance is futile. Um, and, and biblically, we're not told to resist temptation. We're told to resist the devil, resist the evil one, which is a different issue Altogether, the secret to overcoming temptation is not resisting, it's changing your focus. You change the direction of your thoughts. You shift your attention away. We have this thing, we start, we start doing this, and we go, I'm just not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, and the whole time you're thinking about doing it. Do you get it? And it's this wicked pull that's on you. It would be like this, if you're watching television, and you have a remote control in your hand, and something comes on the channel that you don't like... I mean, which is it that you do? Do you go like this? I'm not watching, I'm not watching, I'm not watching. Or do you change the channel? Or turn it off? You see, I know what you do. You change your focus. And that's what we need to do. We, we get it. We, oh, I'm, I'm, about, I'm moving in a bad direction here. I can feel it. This is, this is how I feel right before I go and do things I shouldn't. Help! 
And Lord, I'm going to think about something completely different now. Something that's, that's pure and right and lovely and noble. Um, the, the verse is Philippians 4.8. Again, what, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I want to change my focus. And then he helps us. See, this whole idea, these, these three little points will really help you in living by trying to do the next right thing. And this whole process really is, is huge in staying present in the presence of God. It'll really help you in the, in the whole situation to just move closer and closer to him and stay better connected and be more available to the things that he has for you in this life and to find the full and abundant life that we've all been looking for. So remember those things as you kind of run through this week, really kind of tie into and try and think about, and this is, this is what's happening. What am I feeling? Cry out, help. And then change your focus. And you'll find that you're living that, that right thing life, that righteous type life that's satisfying as we stay connected to God. So think about those things this week, and we'll pick it up in Matthew 5, 7. Next week, we're going to end there. If you're watching on television or by video, thank you so much for spending this time with us. If there's anything we can pray for you, please send us an email or call us and we will absolutely pray for you and uh, we hope to see you again soon. You can shut down the videos. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take up our offering here in just a second and then I'm going to let you straight